You're listening to a podcast from the BMJ. Welcome to the DTB In This Issue podcast for August 2010, volume 48, number 8. My name is David Fazakli. I'm DTB's deputy editor, and I'm joined in this podcast by Ai Kienachu, DTB's editor. Hello. The editorial in this uh, month's edition is called Mixtile 30, Going, Going, Gone. Ike, what's this about? Mixtile 30 is a well-established form of insulin, uh, widely used in the UK. Its maker, Nova Nordisk, announced recently that the product is to be taken off the market from the end of this year. So essentially, patients and healthcare professionals have less than six months to switch to another form of insulin. The editorial really discusses this change, uh, its potential impact on patients, professionals and the the wider health service and reaches the conclusion essentially that the decision was a bad one, a short-sighted one by the company uh, and one that we actively want to campaign against. And we want to campaign against it because partly we think it's a bad decision but but are there lots of people who are going to be involved and affected by this decision? Well estimates suggest that 90,000 people are on Mixed 30 at the moment so yes all of those people will have to switch to an alternative assuming that they still have a need for insulin, which presumably most of them will have. There's potential for a huge disruption in, in their lives and in the professional practice of the people who look after them. And is there more that people can do? Is there anything else that you would, you would encourage people to do on, on the basis of this editorial? Things that people can do include listening to our podcast, which debates the decision to remove uh, Mixed 30 and, and discusses some of the implications. But they can also, if they choose, sign our petition, our online petition, against the decision. Uh, So well worth listening to and available on our website. The first main article in this month's issue is entitled Ulipristal, a new emergency contraceptive pill. Uh, Gives us a bit more background to this one? Yes. Anyone familiar with the topic of emergency contraception will know that the two principal methods that have been available till recently are an oral hormonal treatment, levonorgestrel, and the use of an intrauterine contraceptive device. Olipristal is slightly different from the levonorgestrel product in that it's licensed for use up to five days after unprotected intercourse, as opposed to levonorgestrel, which is only licensed for use up to three days. So the, the purpose of this article really is to look at this new drug and compare it with levonorgestrel and to see whether really it offers advantages either specifically against levonorgestrel or for emergency hormonal contraception overall. Levonorgestrel we know is available both on prescription but also uh, over the counter. What's the status of of L1 or olipristal? Olipristal is only available on prescription. So only from a healthcare professional such as a doctor or or a nurse prescriber? Precisely. Thank you. The second article deals with a difficult condition that is far more common than than perhaps many people realise, that of fibromyalgia. In this article, we look at the various aspects of management. What what do we cover in this one? Well, as you say, fibromyalgia is a common condition affecting 1 in 25 people in the UK. And the article really looks at what the condition is, but then goes on to offer an assessment of the treatments which which are available. So we look at both drug regimens that have been used and non-drug regimens and try to come up with some practical advice on what 
healthcare professionals and patients can do in terms of managing the problem. And overall, are the good quality, high quality trials and evidence to guide us? Well, for such a common condition, um, there's actually a positive, good, robust evidence. Nevertheless, we try to come up, as I say, with, with practical advice based on the evidence that's available. And from a therapeutics and a drug point of view, is there much that, that is licensed for this? Um, in the UK, there isn't a single licensed product uh, available for fibromyalgia, which in a way is in keeping with the positive evidence. Right. Thank you. And our final article this month is called Agamelatine for Major Depressive Episodes. Is this another new antidepressant? Well, it's another new antidepressant, as you say, one that claims to work differently from, from others. It has an effect on melatonin receptors and also is claimed to affect certain aspects of circadian rhythms. Those are claimed to be central to its role and potential advantages. The article attempts to look at the evidence supporting those suggestions in coming up with a view as to whether or how agamelatin advances the, the management of major depressive episodes. So for anyone who's looking to find out a possible position for agamelatin or a formulary choice, this might be well worth reading. We hope so. I mean, certainly we, we come down with a very firm decision as to whether or, or whether not to use the drug. Good. Thank you. To read these and other articles from DTB, please go to our website, dtb.bmj.com. For more information about this programme and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.